This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode 116. I really have no idea what to do. Of the in-between podcast where you'll discover ideas to build a strong, connected, and joy-filled marriage and family. My name is Daniel M. And I'm Christina M. Well, today we are going to be talking about three things you can do when you cannot make a decision. We have been there many times, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. No, we are always so certain. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. Exactly. I wish we were. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Wouldn't sure. it be so easy if uh, you could even be able to see into the future and be like, mm-hmm. okay, so this decision leads to that. I do not want to go down that path. So we're going to go through uh, this path and go to this decision. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, we do not have the ability to do that. So a lot of times we are faced with a crossroads and we uh, just don't know what to do. Yeah. And it's not only just a crossroads of what we see right in front of us, because every decision has many decision trees afterward and and then unintended consequences regarding, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? And I think we just want the one right decision. But oftentimes, there's not just one right decision. Everybody's in this pandemic right now, and a lot of us had to decide whether we are going to homeschool or online school or go into school in doing that. Should we allow our kids to go in and not wear masks? Should they wear masks? There was so many micro decisions and so many huge decisions that we had to make. I've talked to many people who are just so tired of making decisions. So that's why we want to walk through three things you can do when you can't make a decision. And maybe this is going to give you some guidance and help today or this next week. So let's get into it. So the first thing you can do when you cannot make a decision is to really decide what's essential in your life. In his book titled Essentialism, author Greg McEwen describes essentialism as not about how to get more things done, it's about how to get the right things done. It doesn't mean just doing less for the sake of less either, it's about making the wisest possible investment of your time and energy in order to operate at our highest point of contribution by doing what is essential, what only is essential. And if you are in a family, that also can mean uh, what's essential in your life as well as what your spouse considers essential and what your children consider is essential for them as well. So knowing that you only have so many hours in a day and a week, understand that you and your family don't have infinite amounts of energy, neither do you have infinite amount of time, money, or even where you can spend your abilities or invest your abilities into helping others or just into uh, investing into your creativism. Creativism? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's a word, Christina. <laughs> Using my creativity. <laughs> And your you com- know, and you your know what I mean, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Put 
is a mono word and you got it. Yeah. All right. Well, give us an example, Christina. So uh, in the last little while, I had an opportunity to write for a very prominent mommy blog in uh, the town that we live in. And at first, I thought it was one of those too good to be true, right? It means that exposure for the podcast. I could say that, oh, this is uh, my podcast that you can listen more into. Just kind of getting the name out there. And that, to me, sounded like a win-win. So I was like, okay, let's find out more information. And then as I spent time reading over the contract, I realized there's a lot of work and time that would go into pushing out a weekly article. And that's what they were requiring on top of only getting paid in product and tickets to events, not actual dollars and cents. And that's when I had to ask myself what is essential is money only essential is product only essential is getting my name out only essential well right now what is essential is making sure our kids have a good homeschooling experience because that's what we've decided to do this year and we also want to uh, an essential thing is to ensure that our podcast continues to run and to serve you our podcast family well also having times to invest into our relationships and friendships and neighborhoods both for ourselves and for our kids since they aren't around their peers every day. So those were really these some of the essential things in our lives at the moment. And that writing opportunity, though it sounded wonderful, actually isn't going to add to it. Yeah, that's a great example. And Christina, the more talented someone is or the more faithful they are at continuing to do the things that are essential. I mean, when you do that, more and more opportunities are going to come your way. A lot of good opportunities are going to be there when you live focused in that manner. So today, what we want to do is to equip you, to equip you with a few tools to help you make those decisions between the good things and the great things. So if it feels hard for you to decide what is essential and you're trying to wrestle, you're wrestling through something like that right now, you are not alone. Absolutely not alone. We love the three ways that Emily P. Freeman writes about in her book, The Next Right Thing. Uh, She talks about three things that'll help you clear the soul clutter. I love that word or that phrase, soul clutter, and get back to the basics. So the first thing is be picky who you listen to. Most people, especially those who surround you, want the best for your life, but they don't actually know, because they're not mind readers, the ins and outs of the life you actually truly live. Perhaps they know the parts of you that you share on social media, or the parts of you that you choose to answer when a friend asks, so how are you doing? If someone else's words, plans, or advice make you feel completely overwhelmed, take this moment to breathe. And actually say, thank you, but no thank you. You don't have to. When I say actually, it could be a mindset. It doesn't have to be like saying it right in front of their faces. But maybe as they're talking, you can just really say, thank you. I appreciate that you care enough for me to share your advice. But in the back of your mind, be like, you know, is that really from God? Is that something that's going to add to my life? Or is that something that's really going to cause me stress? Just because someone gives you advice, it doesn't mean that you need to pick it up and put it into your pocket. We don't need to accept other people's advice as gospel truth. And this also goes for the books that we read and the podcasts that we listen to. That's great. So definitely be picky who you listen to. The next way to clear the soul clutter and get back to the basics is to schedule a listening day. 
The point of this day is not necessarily to make your decision, but to remember who you are. On this day, you can remember that whatever decision you make, God will not love you less or more. On the other hand, this isn't the same with people, right? I mean, some decisions will cause people to feel like they love and appreciate you more, and other decisions are going to cause people to be disappointed with you or maybe hurt by your choice. And that's exactly why we need to stop and remember who we are in Christ. We aren't meant, we aren't designed. It's a no-win situation when we try to be and live as people pleasers. It feels good though when it when we do that and and people love us and give us praise and all that stuff but as joyful as that might feel if you live to please other people, um, then when they don't give you that praise, it's going to hurt as much, if not even more. So living to please people is a no-win game. We can't live to both please God and please everyone else. It's absolutely impossible. For Christina and I, when we die and we appear before Christ, uh, what we want to hear most is for God to say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. But you know what, sometimes in all the hustle and bustle and even all the turmoil that that accompanies making a decision, don't we often forget what really matters, Christina, and who we are and who we belong to? Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Completely. Especially, I mean, we talk about the Enneagram a lot. There's some numbers that really do care and really do want to please others for different reasons and different motivations. Uh, So it's really important, especially if you know yourself that you struggle with that. Some people don't, but uh, many people do. You want to really take some time as you're making decisions to remember uh, who you are and what you desire to live for. Yeah, so definitely schedule a listening day and remember. All right, the last thing that you can do to help kind of declutter your soul is to, frankly, quit something. <laughs> yeah, but but I can't. <laughs> right, I, yeah. I'm too important. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> if I let this ball drop, the whole system is going to fall down. Mm. Well, we love what Emily P. Freeman says about this. It doesn't really matter what it is that you quit. And it doesn't have to be something big. Mm. When you say no to something small, it can help you build your courage to say no to something bigger. It's not really about saying no. It's about making room to saying yes to the things that matter. Hmm. I love that. That's really freeing. Can you give us an example on this one? You know, there was at one point where we were on the very cusp of making that final decision to sign up for homeschooling. And really, the one thing that I couldn't wrap my hand around was how I was going to figure out um, the ins and outs of running a home, working a job and transitioning our kids to a new way of learning. They were going to be home 24 (laughs) seven. And I already felt like I didn't have enough time to get everything done in a day while the kids were on summer vacation. And that's when I felt like I needed to say no to something. But what would that be? As I hummed and hawed and Daniel and I both talked, uh, we came to the decision to take a few weeks off of podcasting while we figured out this new lifestyle and started schooling the kids. In the moment, I was really apprehensive. For those who don't know how podcasting works, for some of us, you're actually paid per listen. So less listens means less money. And if you don't put out new content, then there's less to listen to and therefore a smaller paycheck. 
So sometimes money can <laughs> sway us, right?、Mm. But、uh, I really knew in the end that I had to say no to podcasting for a little bit to allow the room for a big yes. And for us, this decision really, really mattered. So, really, everything that we're talking about right now is that first thing that you can do when you can't make a decision, right? It's all about deciding what's essential in your life. The second thing that you can do is to decide to wait for more information, right? To, just to decide to wait a little bit longer. I know that. Being in the in between can be one of the hardest places、uh, to be, right. <laughs> right? Being in the middle, tug, yeah,、Goodness. and you feel right. I mean, you feel like you're floating in the middle of a large lake, able to see both sides of the shore, but you're not really quite sure where to put your anchor. If you should put your anchor, or, or if you should kind of go this way or that way, and especially when you lose your compass,、mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh,、uh, what am I supposed to do? Right, both sides look green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when we hold two decisions in our hands, it can feel weighty, really, really weighty, and frankly, we can become overwhelmed and and feel anxious because we just want to know it already, right? We just、mm-hmm. we just want to make the decision. We're sick of being in. The middle, especially if you're like us and and you want、uh, and you love planning、uh, and you love planning, kind of that new way of doing things. Yeah, so you just want to make good decisions so you can start planning your new life. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> get that new planner. That's right. Get that new desktop.、Go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever is going to make it efficient. Let's do this.、Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, rushing to make a decision just to get it over and done with is probably not the wisest choice. Trust me, I know.、Mm. <laughs> Instead, what if you were really to let go of your own timeline and just decide to wait for more information? Like author Marie Forleo once said, "Clarity cannot be rushed." I'll say that one more time: Clarity cannot be rushed.、Mm. Perhaps you are just feeling anxious to make a decision, not because it's necessarily that you have to decide right now, but simply because it's nagging on you. So we'll go back to the homeschooling decision. While we were more of the middle stages of trying to decide what to do, the director of health in our province had not put out their statement of when or how schools would be opening. As much as I wanted to just jump the gun and claim that we were going to homeschool or not, we didn't have all the information that would help us decide. We didn't even know if schools were going to open. Were they going to be part time online? Were there going to be cohorts? All of these questions we didn't have answers to. So instead of just making that decision. Because it was nagging on us, we had to choose to wait. Okay, but waiting, and I know there are some of you who might be listening, and you're like, "Wait for more information." Well, when is when is waiting enough, or or when it when when do I stop waiting? Because yeah, we're kinda, in a world kinda, of information. Yeah,、right? because it kind of feels lazy, doesn't it? When you just kind of. Instead of making a decision, you're not making a decision, and you're just waiting instead. Especially if people are asking you, "What are you deciding?" You're like. Decided just to wait. Yeah, <laughs> but there's yeah no, and 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 that's why there's actually a difference between waiting as a passive action or waiting as a proactive decision. So if you're just waiting passively because you don't want to make the decision or you don't have the information and you don't want to look for the information and you're just like, oh, I just want to wait because I want someone else to make the decision、mm-hmm. for me. That's a passive approach. But if you want to take a proactive approach to 
waiting that can actually i mean that that, that that can actually be proactive right because waiting can mean you choosing to hold on to your faith and remember that in the end god is the one who has plans and purposes to give you hope in a future like it says in jeremiah 29 11 so you can actually wait in a proactive manner and be like you know what i know this i know that god i surrender this to you and i ask that you would reveal my next steps and we've experienced how freeing that that is and how much clarity can actually ensue afterwards. Mm-hmm, exactly. I love how you were underlining the difference between being passive and being proactive about our waiting. So going back to the homeschooling example, while we waited for the school information to come out, we also decided on which questions we would want answered to help us take the next step. Some of those included what would happen if there was a COVID case in the classroom? Would they have to wear masks all day? And what happens if they show symptoms but have a negative test? Do they go back to school? Do they stay home? There were just a few questions that we wanted to have more information on. And as many questions as we had, we also had to let go of our expectation of certainty, especially with this pandemic. While there are rules in place, we had to come to accept the fact that they could change. They could put out something a month before school starts and then the numbers change and they could put out new rules. And we had to come to accept that what may seem like a good choice one day may not be the right choice the next day, given the evolving circumstances. And I'll be honest with you, y'all. At some points of my life, I had wrongly assumed that once I made a choice, everything would just fall into place and there would be absolutely no regrets because I weighed the options and I chose the better one. Onward and upward, all the way, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, however, with every decision, there is a no that had to happen. And sometimes that means that there is a grieving. There's a loss that you experienced. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babyland, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. So how did that play out when we finally decided to homeschool? Well, when we finally said yes, we were so relieved, right, Daniel? We Mm -hmm. finally made the right decision for our family, and I got to start to decorate the school classroom. I gathered our learning materials and read a bunch of books about being a homeschooling mom just to prepare my heart and mind. But honestly, nothing could have prepared me for the heart-sinking guilt and the heartbreak I felt as I watched my friends post picture after picture of their children walking to their schools of their first day photos. I cried as I emailed our school that we wouldn't be back this year and teared up again as our principal emailed us back just saying that they would miss our family so dearly. Did we make the right decision for our family? Uh, yeah, we did. But did it still hurt? Yeah, a lot. Did we cry? Yeah. Do we still have doubts? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unfortunately, not much is certain this side of heaven. 
Yes, completely. But we do have a God, Christina, that promises to never leave or forsake us. Mm-hmm. Right? Amen. We can ask God for guidance and then trust him as we take the next steps, even if that means the next step is deciding to wait. Because as we move forward, if our trust is in him, God is with us. I love that reminder. All right. So just to do a quick recap, when you can't make a decision, the first thing that you need to do is to decide what's essential. Decide what's essential. Get rid of the clutter. Quit something. Decide what is essential first and foremost. And then after that, uh, your next step could actually be just to decide to wait for more information when you're in that middle point and you can actually do that in a proactive manner the third thing that you can do when you can't make a decision is what christina decide to try your decision on what (laughs) (laughs) i know right it's a little bit like wait this is not this is not a material thing (laughs) or physical thing that you can grab onto so how are you going to try this on well during our time of not knowing what to choose this thought came to me What if I were just to try on this decision? I recently went shopping in a store for the first time in a very long time. And it was one of my favorite clothing stores. I went around and looked excitedly at the displays and seeing all the comfy and cozy clothes that they have for fall. While I was looking around, I couldn't help but pick up a few sweaters and pants. They were just calling my name, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but I also, I, I picked up like, am I am I in that size or that size anymore? I wasn't sure. Maybe they had changed their styles. Is it too short, too long? So just in case, I decided to pick up a few sizes. And then I just walked with the cash and paid for them. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I took home 10 sizes of the same thing. <laughs> that's what you do for online shopping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what I have been doing. Yeah. <laughs> but actually in the store, that's not what happened. Mm. As much as I wish I knew my exact size and could tell what would look good on me just by seeing it hang on the hanger, that's not how it works. I decided to take my items into the change room and try them on. Um. Okay, I get it. I get it. Revolutionary, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it seems so natural, right? You try something on, you look in the mirror, you decide if it fits you well, if it flatters your body. You look at the price tag, you feel the fabric, make sure that that sweater isn't itchy because goodness, life is too short to wear (laughs) an itchy sweater. That should be number four. Decide to buy comfy sweaters, right? No matter how good it looks. Exactly. Because you're just not going to end up with it. You're just not going to wear it. Yeah. Exactly. And also the fact you have to make sure that you can wash and dry it because honey no one has time to take everything to the dry cleaner so there's your other decision (laughs) (laughs) so then i walked out of the change room and bought the clothes doesn't seem anything too absurd right (laughs) (laughs) but what if we were to take the same concept the same trying on idea and apply it to the decision that we are needing to make Hmm. Perhaps it means telling a few trusted friends or your spouse that this is what you're going to do. You are going to talk about your decision like you already made it and see what kind of questions and comments come out of your conversation. You're trying on your decision. 
Then as you talk about it and ask for feedback from your friends and your family, you can really look back and reflect on how were you feeling as you talked about your choice like it was already made? What made your heart beat from excitement or what made your heart pound from regret and anxiousness? What made your stomach turn because you felt nauseous or caused butterflies to flutter? Yeah, I love that, Christina, because really what you're doing is instead of what if, what if, what if you're saying, okay, what if I actually did make the decision then this and then that and being able to talk that through with someone is definitely helpful if you're a verbal processor. Mm -hmm. If maybe you're more of an internal processor like, like I am, then perhaps you can journal about it. I know that I've done that too, and I found that has been incredibly helpful when you can't make a decision. Right. It's a safe space, right? Whether you're writing it down on paper lines or you are talking about it with somebody that you know and trust. So once again, just want to underline the fact that uh, you want to, especially if you're talking to other people, you want to let them know what you're actually doing. Like, hey, we're going to, I'm trying on this decision, (laughs) not just to start to talk about the decision like you already made it especially with your spouse to be like thanks for inviting me into the process yeah, yeah that's funny <laughs> right? imagine right you're like wait i thought like you didn't know what to do and yeah, all of a, good... a sudden and then like a few hours later you're like talking about the exact opposite because yeah. you're trying on the other decision that's hilarious. that would be just yeah. a recipe for a complete confusing time it's a good caveat <laughs> All right. So just to recap, if you find yourself stuck in the middle of a decision and you aren't sure which way to turn, remember these three steps. Number one, decide what's essential in your life. Number two, decide to wait for more information. And number three, decide to try on your decision. And for all of these steps, if you can do this in community and with others, that's always going to help because we all have blind spots and they're called blind for a reason. Mm -hmm. We can't actually see See them ourselves. So by doing this in community with others, with others who love you, who trust you and who are for you, you are that's yeah, you're not (laughs) that's not going to be wasted time at all. It's only going to help in making decisions. Right. And when you invite people into your decision making process, they can also be there if things don't necessarily turn out the way that you hope. I know that we wish that every story has a happy ending, but there's some things that we just cannot control. And so instead of being down on yourself and feeling like you're alone in all of this by reaching out, there can be people who really help encourage you and help walk you through some difficult things in life because that's a part of life too. Yeah. So Christina, why don't we end our podcast with a quote from Emily P. Freeman's book? And we'll put a link to that book, uh, the name of it, and everything else that we've been talking about in the show notes at inbetween.org slash episode 116. All right, Christina, why don't you read it for us? Our next right thing will often be to wait. Give time to allow the clutter to clear. Create space for your soul to breathe. Make room for your desire to show up at the table. Wait. Listen. Repeat. It's not a black and white world, which means decisions are rarely right or wrong. It doesn't always matter which road you choose. What matters is God is with you. Decisions are his way of saying, I love you. 
That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being with us on today's episode. Thank you for faithfully tuning in and also sharing episodes with friends and family. So maybe you have someone in your life who is walking through and trying to make a decision. Perhaps you can send this episode by hitting the share button on your favorite podcasting app or by texting them the link in between.org slash episode 116. If you do that, we would be forever grateful. All right, so Christina on episode 117, what are we going to be talking about? Well, we have the privilege to welcome back Leslie Leyland Field. She did a mini episode for us about journaling through the mundane. We had talked about journaling a little bit uh, in a few minutes past. And so if that's something you want to do, you want to try journaling, go to inbetween.org slash episode 116 and we'll have that mini episode for you. But next week, she's going to be talking to us about why parenting feels so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're going to enjoy this. It was a fun interview to do. All right, we'll catch you next time.